this morning, I'd like you to think back to the beginning of a relationship that uh, you have. Whether it was the beginning of uh, your marriage, um, so it was a relationship with your spouse, or the beginning of a friendship. Think back to that. At the beginning of a relationship, uh, there's always this kind of trial period where you're trying to figure things out, right? Uh, If it's with your spouse, uh, at first you're probably thinking to yourself, well, how often do I call? I don't want to call too much. How often are we going to hang out? Uh, Is this going to be a weekly thing? What's this going to look like? Uh, There's all these questions that you kind of need to figure out, right? Well, when Ann and I uh, first started dating, I just, I just sat her down and I told her uh, how it was going to work. <laughs> I, I, I sat her down and I said, uh, Ann, so we, we're going to hang out uh, once a week and it's only going to be for an hour. And uh, during that hour, uh, you have to realize that I'm probably going to be distracted uh, for probably about half the time I'm going to think about some exciting things that I have going on in the day or later on in the week. And that's just the weeks that I want to hang out. Sometimes I, I won't feel like it, so we'll just skip it. During the week, we might talk a little bit, but it really depends on what's on TV. If uh, there's sports on TV, um, even if it's golf, I'm going to have to watch that and... Uh, Then if I feel like it afterwards, we'll talk. And if my friends want to play video games, well, I probably won't get to you that night because I'll play until I'm falling asleep. Uh, But when we do talk, uh, I want you to know that I'm not a very good listener, so I'll probably do most of the talking. And uh, the times that I do talk, I'm probably not going to tell you much. I'm just going to ask you for favors and expect you to help me. And there'll probably be very little gratitude coming from me. Uh, And I hope you know, and I hope it's okay with you, if I talk to other women um, as this relationship goes. I hope you know that I'm joking. (laughs) This was not how I conducted my relationship with Anne at all, ever have, nor do I want to. For one, if I conducted my relationship with Anne that way, uh, she would kick me to the curb pretty much immediately. Uh, And and number two, I love Anne. I want to treat her with love and respect and make her happy because I love her. I want to fulfill her needs. Unfortunately, that's how I often conduct my relationship with God. And I don't think it's too big of an assumption to assume that you struggle with that same relationship with God. We come to worship with God, we quote-unquote hang out with God uh, for maybe one hour a week if we feel like it. Uh, During the week, there's hardly communication between us and God. Uh, We don't read His Word. God has chosen to communicate with us through the Bible, and and, and we hardly read it or listen to it. We pray, but oftentimes our prayers look like demands or requests that God help us, and there's not much conversation otherwise. We don't give Him thanks. We don't talk to Him. We don't tell Him what's on our heart. We just ask and demand. And there's always things going on 
that are trying to pull our hearts away from God and take the number one place in our heart from God. But the Holy Spirit has worked faith in in your heart. You know Jesus as your Savior. You know what God has done for you and you love the Lord. And so, in February, we are beginning this brand new sermon series. Like I said at the beginning of the service, we are looking at revolution. We're going to revolutionize our thoughts on what uh, love is all about. And to do that, we're going to look at what God has to say about love. So like I said, next week we're going to look at loving our spouse. We're going to look at loving our kids. We're going to look at loving our neighbors. And today, we look at how and why we love God. And we're going to hear it from His Word. How and why do we love God? Well, if you're following along in your worship folder and you have the blanks, number one, we love God because He loved me first. 1 John chapter 4 says, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Notice, love is not that we loved God, but God loved us. We love God because He loved us first. At first glance, this is no big deal, right? After all, uh, I think you would agree in a relationship, usually someone falls in love before the other. Uh, That's just normally how things go. But God's love is different than human love. You see, human love loves because there's a quality about the thing we're loving that makes us love it. So, for instance, I love buffalo wings because I love buffalo sauce, I love chicken, and I love the blue cheese uh, that I dip it in. I love that taste. That's a quality about the chicken wing that I love. Maybe you love reading, or maybe you love a TV show because you love getting lost in the storyline. You love the comedy. You love the drama. You love that character. Maybe you love someone because of the quality in them. Maybe it's that they make you laugh. Maybe it's that you can have a deep conversation with them. Uh, Maybe it's something about their looks that you love. Uh, Maybe the quality is that they're your own flesh and blood. These are qualities that make us love people and things. And that's how humans love. They love because of quality. If, if those, some of those things are missing, uh, then we don't love it. For instance, there's only one food that I don't like. It's beets. Uh, I don't like the taste whatsoever. And so I don't love beets. God's love is different, though. God loves not because of the quality of the thing that's being loved, but simply because He is loving. That's what makes this verse so incredible. God loved us. When God looked down from heaven, what does, when He looks down from heaven, what does He see in us? He doesn't see any quality in us that is worth loving. And that is one of the hardest things to accept and believe, isn't it? Because we don't want to think of ourselves as being that bad that God can't love us, or or that bad that there's nothing in us that God would love. Surely, I'm a pretty witty person. Doesn't God love that? 
I study His Word all the time. Doesn't He love that? But that is what sin has done to us. Right? Sin has taken from us the only quality that God looks for in a person, and that is holiness. Have you ever read the book or seen the movie Taming of the Shrew? It's by Shakespeare. It's one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. And the Taming of the Shrew is about two sisters. The younger one is Bianca. Bianca is lovely. She is nice. She uh, is every man's dream. And in fact, the whole town wants to marry her. The only problem is that her father won't let her get married until her older sister, Kate, gets married. But nobody wants to marry Kate. And that's because Kate is sharp-tongued. She's quick-tempered. She's prone to violence. Uh, She accuses her dad of not loving her, yells at her dad in public. She ties up and beats her little sister, and she insults everyone that she knows. Uh, She even took an instrument and smashed it over a man's head. This is Kate. Now, Now, people like Kate, who are like that, we generally stay away from, right? There's nothing pleasing about those people. There's nothing that attracts them to, uh, us to them. There, there's no reason why we would want to put ourselves through that misery, so to speak, right? These are people we stay away from. There's no quality in them that makes them loving to us. As we stand before God, we would like to think that we're Bianca, right? That we're nice, that we're lovely, that there's some reason that God would want us. And to be sure, God wants us to be Bianca. But as we stand before God, we are Kate. Even after faith has been worked in our hearts and we know Jesus as our Savior, we're still Kate. You want proof? We still throw tantrums against God. We still say, say things that hurt others. We still do things that hurt others. We still do things that God doesn't want for His people. We stand before God as Kate and we have no one to blame but ourselves. That's what makes this verse so crazy, isn't it? That God loved us. That He sent His Son as the atoning sacrifice for your sins. I don't think anyone would pay to be married to a a woman like Kate. Uh, That's not some... I mean, someone might be willing to be paid to take Kate home as his wife, um, but no one's going to go out of their way to pay to have Kate. And yet, that's what God has done for us. He says, I know you. I know you are Kate. And I want you. And I love you. And I'm willing to pay the price for you, and that price is my son. God loves you first. We love God because He loves us. But we also love God because God is almighty. In the book of Job, 
you may know Job because he's the one that suffers in the Bible. It's a book all about suffering. Uh, for what seems like no reason to Job, God is putting him through suffering. And Job does a very good job of not complaining against the Lord until close to the very end. And finally at the very end, Job says, Why, Lord? Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. And God says this to Job. Where were you when I laid the, founda- the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line, measuring line across, it, across it? On what words footing set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. The God that you and I love is almighty. The God that you and I love created this world, including human beings. He has all power. Do you remember the Etch-a-Sketch? Uh, it was, you know, that little box-like thing and it had the two knobs and you drew pictures and then when you were done, you shook it and you could make another creation. Well, what happened when you were working on a masterpiece of a creation, a masterpiece of a, piece of a sketch, and your brother, sister came and knocked the Etch-a-Sketch and messed it up? You would simply take it, shake it, and restart, right? God has the power to do that to us. He has the power to take this earth, shake it, and restart. And yet our powerful God has chosen to work within His his own creation to show His power differently, right? He loves you so much that He didn't want to wipe you clean. He didn't want to wipe you out and start over. Rather, He shows His power differently and He shows it at the cross. At the cross, we see God's power on full display. As He defeats Satan, as He defeats sin, And three days later, we see His power on the fullest display as He rises back to life. That you too may rise again. What power our God has. What love He has for you that He didn't just start over, damn you to hell, but instead He works differently. He's the Almighty God who is also faithful. In the book of Lamentations, just uh, it, it, the title is what the whole book is about. It's a big lament. The nation of Israel is getting attacked. They're getting overthrown. They're being taken off, killed, and, and deported. There's only one gospel verse in the whole thing. And here's what it is. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord that you and I love, He is a faithful God. And here's the amazing part about that. is Yes, He is faithful to the promise that uh, He's going to send someone to destroy the devil's work. That He's going to send someone to save us. And that is in Jesus. He's faithful to that. But at the same time, He's faithful to His justice. Faithful to His threats. Remember, He told Adam and Eve... If you eat from that tree, you're going to die. And he was talking eternally there. And God said, I'm going to be faithful to that promise. And he takes all of his anger, all of that faithfulness out 
on Jesus. Someone had to pay. You or Jesus. He's faithful to His justice, but He's faithful to His love and His promise as well. Because at the cross, His faithfulness shines brightly, doesn't it? There your sins were taken away. There His compassions never fail. Great is His faithfulness. And finally, we love our God because He is the God of second chances. There's a story, one of the neatest stories in all of Scripture, in John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, some church leaders named Pharisees, they bring to Jesus a woman who was uh, found committing adultery. And they said, Teacher, according to Moses' law, this woman needs to be stoned to death. What do you say? Jesus bent down. He started writing in the sand. And as he's writing in the sand, uh, he starts to say, uh, Anyone who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. One by one, each man leaves. Jesus stands up, notices that it's just the woman and Jesus standing there, and he says, Woman, where did everybody go? Did no one condemn you? And she responds by saying, No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. What do you think the woman was thinking as she was kneeling or standing before the church leaders and before Jesus? Do you think she knew what she had done? Do you think she knew that she deserved death? Absolutely, right? You and I, we stand before God every day knowing what we deserve. Knowing what our sins have earned us. And yet every single day, Jesus says, I do not condemn you. Go. Leave your life of sin. He's a God of second chances, isn't He? He's a God who forgives and forgives and forgives. Every day we have second chances. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have a second chance at the role we're in. For instance, uh, you might not have a second chance to gain your, your spouse's trust. You might not have a second chance uh, to, uh, at the job that you screwed up at. If a pastor sins publicly, he might not have a, a second chance at being a pastor. But with God's love, God's forgiveness, we always have a second chance at heaven. And it's not go out there and earn it. It's, it's been earned for you. You are forgiven. Heaven is yours. Go. Stop sinning. The amazing love of our God shines brightly in all of this, doesn't it? He's the God of second chances. That's why we love our God. And so what are we going to do this week? Your final point. Therefore, I will guard my heart. Proverbs says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything that you do, all your actions 
flow from what's in your heart. And so we guard our hearts because there are several things in our life that are, are pulling us from our relationship with God. Satan works harder on Christians because those who don't believe, he's already got. But Christians, he wants to pull away from God. And so he's going to use everything at his disposal. He's going to use politics. He's going to use family drama. He's going to use work drama. Whatever it takes, he wants to pull you away. So guard your hearts and worship and glorify God. And how does God want to be loved? How can we show our love for God? Well, number one, we come to worship weekly. Come and quote-unquote hang out with Him. Come to worship and glorify our God for what He has done for you. Number two, read His Word. God has chosen to communicate with you. And how has He chosen to communicate with you? Through His Word. Even the small little details. Read it and listen. Ann and I were talking last night. Uh, a bunch of us, a lot of you here, did a panic room last night, an escape room. And Ann's sitting talking to me for probably five to ten minutes, going on and on and on about all these details from her room. And finally she says, you probably don't even care about this because these are just details. This is exciting for me, but it's probably boring for you. The details in the Bible still excite God, right? You read that genealogy, all like, and -and so-and-so was born to him, 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 him. It's boring to us, but these are details that God wants to tell you. These are details that God is excited about and wants you to know. So even the details listen to. And if you're not a reader, click that uh, app and let it read it to you. Listen to it. And then pray back to God. Talk to Him. Give Him thanks. Even ask Him for a request because He is the God that wants to help you. Next week, we look at how we love our spouse. And I really, truly I pray that you leave here uh, and know that I was joking about the beginning. Uh, don't go and like start thinking that, oh man, the pastor, whoa. <laughs> no, please don't think that. But next week we're going, we're going to look at how we love our spouse. But this week really focus on your relationship with God. Uh, you love your Lord because of what He's done for you. It's the greatest relationship that you have because it's, it's because of Him that you will live now and forevermore. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Please stand.